Welcome to the Thursday show. My name is Paul Murphy here on the Frontline Gaming Network. I'm joined this evening by Alan Pajama Pants. What's up, everybody? And Adam Camilleri. Hello. How you doing, everybody? Hey, welcome. Well, I mean, you knew this is the show, and it's Thursday, so everyone knows this is the Thursday show by now, right? That's right. That's right. It's an institution. It's episode three, and it's an institution. I think if you do it three times, then we're just stuck doing it forever. Yeah. Go, Alan. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm just glad we changed places with, you know, signals so that we didn't have the Thursday show on a Wednesday because that would have been confusing. I would rule it out in the future. We're on the right day. (laughs) This is the show where we talk about what's happening this weekend. We're going to bring you uh, information about some big tournaments coming up over the weekend. Some of the people that you'll see, some of the personalities, some of the list, more importantly, some how the shifts in the meta might impact what you're going to see in the future. This is the show. I don't know. Is it Prophecy? Absolutely. We are, the di- we are the divinations of this Magos. We look into the binary, pull out the data, slap you in the face with it and say, hey, watch out for this. I mean, <laughs> someone last week did say John Lennon was going to run a train on his event. And if anyone he... looked at that event, he like 140 the first player. <laughs> the first player was like, ugly duckling Hadouken. And then the other <laughs> was like, hey, I have, to, I have to be a cool guy and I'll let some people get some points. And then he was like, nope. Screw nope. that. Floor, floored it. Just totally floored it. Dominated yep. the whole tournament. He We're going to be talking mold. about, sorry, the Boise Cup, the Hammerhead, uh, and then the Rage from Rage 40K in Nevada. If you're planning, participating in these events and you're still painting, you've got, congratulations, you've got about maybe 18, 24 hours to go, depending on when you're seeing this. Hope your armies are coming along pretty well. If you're uh, listening now in the chat, uh, let us know what you're taking. We're going to talk about some of the lists that we've sourced, but if you're going to these things um, or have questions for us, throw them in the chat and we look forward to hearing about it. If I was going to any of these, I would be just finishing priming my army right now. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. If I was going to these, I'd be literally like putting flock on my bases now and I'd be done. That's that's actually not a bad strategy because it gives you an opportunity to reevaluate what your what your uh, state of your your game is. Well, all I like right. it. I like I like doing it because all the flocking is done at once, so it gives me an excuse to have the whole army out, whole armies out, and I flock them all at the same time. I see how they put, see how they present, see how cohesive they are, see if I got all the WYSIWYGs right, all that crap. I never uh, have a plan B. It takes away from plan A. <laughs> so <laughs> rightly pointed out in the show, uh, Adam's not even doing the Thursday show on Thursday. Yeah, it's, I'm doing the Friday show on Thursdays, but don't tell anybody. Mind blown! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, are, what, are, what events are we covering today? Uh, this is the Boys of Cup, Hammerhead, uh, Games Major, and then Rage from Rage 40k in Nevada. And uh, later in this in this segment, or this episode, we're going to do our Bring Back Our Fuego Rapido segment uh, by popular demand. Spicy. A tidal wave of demand, in fact. Uh, yes, a cavalcade, we had- can we say? Yeah, we had zero feedback and therefore zero complaints, so it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it made the uh, the broadcast, the rebroadcast of the show. Yeah, it did. Fair. I got... it did? Oh yeah. You actually listen to your own show. You're lame. Hell you're yeah. automatically lame. Automatically <laughs> lame. Yeah. Bet you listen to all the gentleman gaming one episodes as well. You just sit Every there. Every single like, oh. one. Never miss an episode. <laughs> Uh, quality control. Let's talk about the Hammerhead Major. It's it's a it's a it's a great it's a GT. Uh, almost seventy players in Sacramento, California. I love that they called it a major. They just like Babe Ruth their shot, and then they got like well short of the super of the major. Although, wait, there. What is the major cutoff now? Did they make a major? I think it's fifty-five, right? Yeah, if it is, they did make it because they got sixty-nine players, didn't they? Almost seventy is more than fifty-five. Yeah, I think they are a major. They named themselves uh, appropriately. 
So what are we seeing there? What are some of the things that, that are at that weekend? What can people expect to play against? Yeah, so running down the, the stats, uh, the, the quick and dirty stats, as I like to do, because we're pretty much, in this part, we just run down the meta of the event, give you guys some percentages on what's in attendance, a number of different lists, etc., etc., just so we can see the kind of ebbs and flows of how the meta is changing and evolving. Now, I will let you guys know there are a couple of blanks uh, for this one. Actually, there's only one blank list on this one. Well done to Hammerhead Games. Everyone in attendance has listed their uh, factions appropriately, with the exception of one. The, the most attended faction is Death Guard with just um, under 12%. This is our moment. Let's get in there. (laughs) This is it. Um, Just under that, no surprise, Colt Mechanicus, six lists, uh, 8.7%. And then we've got Necrons with five, Jakari with four, Dark Angels with four, Ultras with four, Custodes with three, and it goes down in the twos and ones from there. But I mean, if you totaled up all the the Space Marines, they are the most numerous, I believe. I'll do that quickly while you guys discuss. Do yeah, you three normally custodes. see that percentage, that weight of custodes at an event? I mean, I know it's a low model count. It travels well in case you are traveling, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't typically see that weight. Well, hand pass over to over to Alan. I mean, the start of ninth edition, we saw a big influx of custode players. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely kind of that boogeyman gatekeeper army in the very beginning, and I think Snyder got people excited about it, almost getting to the uh, top eight at Atlantic City. So I think uh, you know he came really close. I think it was five and zero. Oh going into that sixth round for the qualifying spot. So I think people saw that and they got excited potentially. And they were like, Ooh, I want to try out my custodes as well. So Hmm. it's not super uncommon. I I think that they do have a strong army. They're definitely a gatekeeper list. I think some of the new codexes are changing that though. It's difficult to choose some of those through some of those wounds and the quality of saves, I would imagine. So I could see it be a strong draw and in fact, very portable. Yeah. And, yeah, in addition, yeah, it's cheap to buy, so the barrier to entry is pretty low for new players. Um, that army-wide obsec is really powerful in this edition as well, especially when you couple with the, like you said, Paul, the durability. And then I think I think the thing that gave them the tipping point was the update to their forge wheel units. I believe that happened either at the end of eighth, but that stuff wasn't that relevant in eighth. We went into ninth with the Space Marine meta was so strong coming into ninth. Things like the Venatari just boom, exploded in power and efficiency. Same with the Aquilan Terminators, and we just started seeing a huge influx of those units. Now you're right; those things have started to drop off but uh, there are a lot of custode diehards out there who just love their golden boys and they're still powerful they're still potent and you got to be you got to be careful around them yeah and we, and we don't even know we could all be wrong this is california so there is a chance that these guys just like riding motorcycles and because of that <laughs> they, have, they have a low model count army and yeah. those work and that's the reason why they play them we have no idea to be honest that's good enough reason for me whatever gets people rolling dice is, is yeah. fine uh, what else are we going to see there? I think there's a Salamanders list, and and Alan, I think you uh, spoke very highly of Salamanders recently. Yeah, I always liked Salamanders. I was playing against Brad quite a bit, and uh, he was playing Salamanders for a while before Dark Eldar came out, and uh, I always felt it was a difficult game to win with all their stratagems of either reducing damage and all their Warlord traits, Relics, Powers to either reduce damage, make themselves like tougher to kill. Yeah, increase toughness. Yeah. Increase toughness, increase their saves as well. They can do both. Um, you know, it's it's really tough. And then they still have they still had transhuman that whole time. I know it's changed a little bit since, but uh, most of those armies are primaris predominantly anyways. And uh, man, those new Melta guys and the plasma interceptors mm. and uh, aggressors with flamers are fantastic. All those units are fantastic, especially the flamers and the Meltas in the Salamanders list. L- let's run down what's in the list. list. Uh, yeah. Adam, do you have the list handy? Are those I, plasma inter- in, uh, inceptors, are they in there? 
No, they're not, but the Melter Boys are. So just to quickly run this down, for those of you guys who don't know the format, when we cover an event, we will tell you guys about anybody in the top 100 to 150 in the ITC rankings that are in attendance, depending on the depth um, of the event. And for this one, this gentleman, his name is William Saunders. He's running Salamanders. Just a quick rundown of his list. Um, Captain on a bike, Forge Master Storm Shield, Exemplar of Prometheum Creed, etc., etc. Imperium Sword. Um, he has a Thunder Hammer, like I just said, with his Storm Shield. He has a single Primaris Lieutenant. He has a Librarian who has a Psychic Fortress. He has eight Assault Intercessors, which is a little bit head-scratcher for me. We'll discuss in a moment. With a Power Fist on the Sarge, five Heavy Intercessors, five Incursors, two units of Aggressors, one being a five-man, one being a four-man, all with the Flamers, one unit of five Blade Guard, a Judica, or a Judicia, with Rites of War, however you want to say it. A Primaris Apothecary, with Chief Apothecary. Is that two units? It's just one uh, Judica. Yeah, yeah, one Judica. Um, <laughs> and then three units of three Eradicators, um, all with Melter Rifles, which I find interesting, because I thought uh, we were going to see more of the Heavy Melters, and then there's one Impulsor, probably to turn around the Blade Guard, and uh, yeah, pretty much to turn around the Blade Guard, unless he wants to chuck in the Incursors or some Assault Intercessors whatnot. But yeah, that's the list. So that's uh, two big blocky units of Aggressors, one mobile unit of Blade Guard, some uh, punchy um, Intercessors, a, a Fight Slash Judicar, Apothecary, three times three, so MSU'd out Eradicators as well. Pretty interesting, pretty well-versed, but gentlemen, what do you think? I love that Impulsor in there. I think that's something that that any Marine army can benefit from. And you're probably right. It's probably there to tote around the Blade Guard, but it's not dedicated mm. to that. You can pick that, and it you could sub in whatever you think is most appropriate. And if you have a smaller squad, you could hide a character in there too. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I like I like I like it. It's a little flavor, a little bit of a difference. It gives them some speed mm. too. Uh, I like the captain. You know, I would like to see maybe less assault uh, intercessors. Yeah, I don't know why there's a seven man unit. So mm. with a sergeant that's, on that's top a point. of that? It has to be a point decision. That is simply, yeah. I have 17, 18 points to plug in somewhere. What? It, let me just throw in things here. But that depends also maybe how is, uh, like the said impulsor is equipped. You know, if you are, if you, you, it has to be a point decision. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems awkward at that point. Like um, you'd rather, I'd rather chuck them down to a five or a six man. So it could go into the impulsor. And usually when I see a, a, an impulsor automatically, I look for a unit of blade guard. I look for things like a judicar that can go in there with them or possibly even um, the librarian. So the Lieutenant um, or the, the primary librarian. But in this case, I'm pretty sure when I saw, rights of war on that judica it's obviously going to go with the blade guard because once a blade guard charge with the judica outside out into pretty, pretty much anything that's obsec in the game barring custodes they take that objective that objective is no longer yours they are obsec they will fight first even if you have a fight first and they will butcher you so i like that little combo in fact that's one of my favorite combos for black templars as well so i'm really happy to see this kind of um moving outside the, the boundaries of the chapters and every space marine unit or space marine army is starting to see that as a, a mode of play I think you hit that right on the head with the fact that these units replace well. It's not simply mm -hmm. enough to remove units. Sometimes you must simply then, or you must definitely occupy that space after you've removed them. And this seems to have the ability to do that. Mm, absolutely. We have another list that I'm going to hit over to Alan to cover because this is his wheelhouse. And I put this one in here because it's so sorry. It's got a, a model in here, which I adore. So Alan, you want to take this one? I'm not sure. I think I know. Is it the first one? Is this Chaos oh, Space Marines? It's, it's yeah. Christopher, Christopher Sheldon playing playing World Eaters yeah. and Iron Warriors. Correct. Christopher Sheldon playing World Eaters, and he's got Korn, Karn the Betrayer, my buddy Karn, and he's got a unit of, uh, actually two units of Berserkers, and there's six units with the Champion. Champion's got Lightning Claws in both of those squads. He's got two Chaos Korn, Contemptor, Volkite, Dreadnoughts, 
He also took the Cyclone missile launcher on both. He's got two units There's of. There's no reason uh, not to. I mean, it gets pretty expensive. Might as well take a Leviathan. Well, in at that in point. chaos, I think. You, well, we can talk about this in a second, but I think yeah. when you have a quality unit, you want to. It's it's worth it to invest in the quality. Unit. I just think it's hilarious. You have world eaters, dreadnoughts shooting, but uh, yeah. he also has two <laughs> units of five Raptors, um, and, and and they're in separate squads. Two units of five, and then two chaos rhinos to tote around the dudes. Uh, also, Mark of Corn, of course, because we can't mess up our marks. He's got that Iron Warriors detachment with a Dark uh, Disciples. He's got a Dark Apostle, a Master of Possession, which is an auto-take, a Cultist Unit of 10, a Decimator. That's why the Master of Possession is an auto-take. And then he took a Super Heavy Auxiliary Detachment. And it's What's not, in it? Not, it's not the Claw. It's the Brass Scorpion of Corn. The Brass Scorpion. Nice. All right. I have to admire uh, a little bit taking the special character. Uh, because you don't it's the efficiency might not be there uh for what khan you mean yeah yeah it's true i mean when i saw this list i expected it to have the was it the is that the uh the corn the world eaters uh crown yeah uh, the, uh, alan do you know what that does you could, yeah the, you could have the world eaters yeah. crown and then mark the decimator corn but he's only yeah. going one decimator i feel like he's kind of like i really want to play corn i want to play with my big brass scorpion but I also need to take something that actually works for real. Well, and that's going to be the decimator. <laughs> so with, with the Brass Scorpion, I know that for a while there was an, an aversion to taking units like that because the Meltas were so prevalent. But have the Meltas receded because we, ha- we need things like to take down Raiders and stuff from longer range? Or like, are Meltas as much of a problem anymore as they were five months, six months ago? Well, they have taken a couple of hits. I mean, I, even right now, I'm starting to see more eradicators than attack bikes, which was the opposite of what we used to see about two or three months ago, just because of the, the chapter approved points hikes. On top of that, people are still kind of scratching their head at whether retributors are worth taking. I think as Arjun Shroud, um, they're still absolutely potent. That means they don't take the penalty for moving and shooting. They have the same efficiencies that they did before. But the delivery mechanisms, mechanisms aren't there because you used to be able to scout move or, sorry, not scout move, um, outflank your rets onto your backboard, trigger the 36-inch range stratagem or get within 18, say to, so to speak, because it was much harder to screen out 18 inches and then just just dunk on something. Without that enhanced range, they find that people, are, 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 I'm talking to some sisters players, and they, they're head scratching what's the best mode of delivery for retributors now. So maybe you're right. Maybe uh, the, the, the cut and dry ways we, we used to get slapped in the face by melters aren't quite there at the moment. But I'm starting to think that maybe we'll, we'll be leaning back to um, plasma receptors for the need to kill, you know, 20-man Lucius units, 20-man Necron units, 20-man um, sisters units. Oh, when brass scorpions run, rampant and they're <laughs> yeah, and, or and actually, filers, you know, going back to the just, hq the 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 karn i mean like he, he's really good like i don't i i've never seen him in a competitive army but i'm pretty sure he has like eight attacks i know he t- i know he attacks twice i know he hits on twos i know he's a lord so he gives all the corn berserkers reroll ones i mean that's a lot of attacks with being mm-hmm. able to fight twice and i know you could also probably apply any of the world leader strats to him too so Pretty sure his weapon's like neg four D three damage with oh, a lot of strength. Yeah. So he's yeah, just he's wrecking based. face with like all of his attacks and you could use any of the other uh, um, strats with him too. So, I mean, against Marines, he's really gross because he could probably get, I think death of the false emperor on fours uh, potentially mm. if you prescience him and use butcher's nails. So, like, if you really want to kill something, he can kill almost anything. Mm. Like, and I, I, I want to point out, this, this man has paid 3 CP for the privilege of taking his greater brass, brass, brass scorpion to a GT to or a major. Toys. It's probably beautifully painted. It's, it's probably just, gorgeous. 
if this army is pre-Heresy World Eaters, I hope he reaches out to me with pictures because that's what I want to see. Mm. I haven't seen one of those in a while, but no one likes painting white, so I don't blame him if it's not. But man, I do Fair. love me some white. I, I don't that's... think I've ever seen a brass scorpion painted pre-Heresy. Well, I've never seen a brass scorpion in the flesh. Oh, I've really? I've physically yeah. seen it's, one. It's a, yeah, it's it's a hunk. It's, it's cool. Yeah. So, it's a uh, chunker. You you kind of breeze past this, but the lightning claws also make an appearance in this. You know what we talked about previously is that Chaos Space Marines get all the uh, equipment and profiles that regular Marines get, mm-hmm. uh, and then is our lightning claws the best weapon in, in the game? And tell me why they they might not be. They're just mo- the most efficient for the points on yeah. the sergeants. Uh, you don't want to spend too many points on those sergeants because there's always a chance the rhino blows up and they just shoot the unit and it all dies because they're all one wound models. And that's that's a high 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 chance. If he's a really good player, whenever he moves his transports, he will move them near ruined walls. That's okay. something that you need to learn how to do whenever you play transport based armies. So if you if you do that and they blow it up, you can always put them inside that ruin outside of mm. obscuring. Um, or if it's a ruin wall, you're not even cared about. You don't even care about the obscuring. You're just behind line of sight basically, so you can't be shot. Uh, as long and, as he does that, he's okay. And one thing I want to point out: every time you put an upgrade onto a you know a a berserker sergeant you're getting two rounds of efficiency out of that so because they automatically attack twice having though like those what five point upgrades for the lightning claws get 10 points of efficiency the first time that guy gets into combat yep. um so every time you, you do that you essentially you get a double down for free usually people would pay two cp i mean i've got assault intercessors right here i pay two cp for the privilege of what zerkers get to do for free if i could put a if i could put like a thunder hammer or sergeant just on a dude in this just on a dude in the squad a thunder hammer or a fist i would because for two cp the reason i'm taking these guys is because they attack twice and they give me some shenanigans for two cp i get another round of efficiency out of those upgrades and so they they they, they you don't question the cost as much we just had something um pointed out in the chat by tamagotchi express didn't titan hunter change and i think that's a great great point for why we might see the single super heavy come back into lists is it less than 10 points now yeah it's eight, i think it's eight points for the first eight one now. now that's awesome yeah, eight, yeah, that, eight, that needed to change yeah, eight, twelve, fifteen is what I believe it is. That's so, perfect. are you gonna are you gonna take a, a secondary that only gives you, that can only possibly give you eight points, and then it's still a maybe because these things are hard to kill? Paul, what do you think? I I, I don't think so. Although uh, in lists like this, you might you might get a little bit of a secondary confusion and feel like that's one of your best mm. options. Like I can lock in this eight points. Now, I think that is a little bit of a of a a sucker's bet or whatever when if you if you go into it not ha- shooting for the 15 but you may not see a path to get max points on a list like this yeah yeah agreed um all right gents we want to move on well we got we can't move on until we uh pick a winner so uh, knowing what we know about the list what do you what list or sorry what faction do you think is going to take the top spot here uh alan i'll ask you first i think admex gonna gonna win mm. the the tournament probably so I mean, we, we, we have some AdMech lists later at other events, so we didn't want to cover AdMech all day because the community is going to get very bored with AdMech over the next two months. Yes. So we're going to pick and choose which AdMech we cover. There's a better AdMech army in a separate tournament, but there are some strong AdMech players at this event as well. Look, I, I can't go past AdMech for this one either. I think it's AdMech's time to shine. People are still adjusting, not quite sure how to deal with them. And yeah, I'm going to pick AdMech to, if not win this, then at least have like two out of the top five, if not three out of the top five. 
uh, Super Comic Guru just threw a chat uh, or a message in the chat saying they're going to their first RTT and only playing mm. three games so far. I think that's amazing. Get out there and roll dice if you can in your community if it's uh, uh, the right time to do so. Uh, and I want to challenge y'all on Admech. Are y'all going to say Admech for every one of these? Do you think no, what, no. can stand up to Admech? No, not, just fa- look, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking no. questions. I just like the idea that Death Guard is the majority and they won't even place in the top three. So I love that part. <laughs> Uh, um, and then and then Admech will, uh, you know, even though it's in the minority, considering Death Guard, right? So I, I just like I wanted to point that out. That's all. I think we'll see a Death Guard top five with eleven with with so many people. With sorry, with eleven percent of the meta, eight eight plays in attendance. I'm gonna put one Death Guard is gonna crack the top crack the top five. That's why I said top three. Ah, slacker. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna push them all the way into top three. Death Guard have what it takes. Now, granted, I didn't I didn't look over the list. I'd like to know what they're taking to see if I can like properly advise them. I need to like start helping these Death Guard players uh, to get really over the the threshold and onto the podium. Yeah, they're gonna have a hard time against that brass scorpion. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and are, are we overlooking? Are we overlooking Drakari? They still got four players in attendance, four lists. You know, it very well could be like a Admec first, Drakari second, Admec third, Drakari fourth, Admec fifth. Like, who knows? Drakari last week. No, actually, they, they still thinking, have. I'm a, just thinking a, of that meme where he's walking with his girlfriend, but he sees the girl behind. Uh, like, yeah, it totally Drakari's is. It's here like, and like Admec's over there. <laughs> the new hotness, absolutely. Um, but we got to we got to though. Hang on, the ta- people are teching for Drakari. That's why I mm. think it's going to hurt their chances. I think we're going to see a shift in terrain that's utilized. I think we're going to see a shift in what war gear people take, uh, and then that's going to make it a a harder road for the Drakari. Do they still have what it takes? Are they every bit as lethal? I think so. I just think people are prepared, and that may be what actually gives it uh, like the Admec the 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 edge here is because people are still trying to adjust to what to take to them. And I think that's, that may be what has them or at least assist them in grabbing the gold in addition to the pilot skill and the powerful list. I think it's well said. Absolutely. So our next GT we want to cover is the rage 40 K GT in Reno, Nevada. Yeah, so unfortunately, these guys have not made the list public. So we're going to be speculating pretty much based on the players, essentially. And so this is going to be a bit of a different tack for you guys and hopefully a little bit of a different tack for us. But the player pool at this event is pretty stacked and it's, it's probably the most stacked event of the weekend. It has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, has eight players uh, represented of the top 150 players in the world. The top of those being Junior Aflahi, who many may know, being the gentleman who kept Knights relevant throughout all of 8th edition, I think. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, playing uh, the faction near and dear to my heart. He is. He's playing Dark. He's playing uh, Blood Angels. Man. Oh man, Dark Angels. <laughs> he's been yeah. he's been playing Blood Angels a lot in Ninth Edition. I know he's got a mm. lot of practice with them. He's probably trying to make up for the beating that Sean Naden gave him in Texas. So, so we can see. We can see. I'm curious how hot he comes out in this one because I know he's yes, a good player. So uh, he's, have, he's a couple player. I've got, friends. I've called a couple of his games. I've watched a bunch of his games on stream. And yeah, the, the man uh, knows no chill. He's very good at going for the throat. Um, the other gentleman in the... So the other five lists we've pulled out uh, is Mr. Kyle Parry playing Aldari. So that's a, that's a soup detachment, soup army. We've got um, Daniel Redahasi, or Redahasi uh, playing Nurgle. Logan Heath playing Death Guard. And Jason uh, Kovetsky playing Renegade. Renegades and Heretics. And I wish I could see that list. Renegades and Heretics listed as your faction makes me... I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Huge amount of real. How did you spend enough points? 
show. Yeah. Proof. <laughs> proof. This is one thing that or- organizers, you know, we're doing this. Tell you publish these lists, especially by Thursday. Come on, you got to make it on the Thursday show if we're going to talk about your list. Your list has to be published. So mm. think about that. You know, if it matters, you know, we, we'd love to talk about that kind of stuff because I think it's uh, it, it's going to help create this evolving ecosystem. And I think people are going to love to hear about it, love to hear about your event and more likely that we'll be able to discuss it if we have the if information about it. We should just get now, like a rolling stock uh, ticker at the bottom of our screen, and then like when the arm when the tournament doesn't have army list, we just show it in red and it's going down. And then like anyone that's doing this, no, look, there's all things to consider, and and the tournament organizers, I think you know, ultimately get to decide what they want at their thing. I'm just saying that it's great if we could talk about it, so share it if you can, at least by mm. Thursday. It's a- um. But just to point out some other notable names here, Frankie GM Puppy Papa um, of, uh, you know, the greatest 40K player of all time, apparently, according to FLG, uh, is in attendance at this event. This is the first time I've seen his name on a list of an event for a very long time. In addition to that, we've also have Mr. James Carmona, who um, was a perennial um, well, top 10 ITC player um, in years gone past, also in attendance. I don't know if James is going to make that tournament. I talked to him recently, so he might not actually be there. But if he is there, I'm rooting for him. Fair. What's uh Frankie has uh sisters listed as his faction. That's an interesting one. Very interesting to see what he comes up with there. And so, maybe we'll get that in post. That's a strong so I you know, as as knowing Frankie for as long as I have, you know, I know what his style of play is and he likes to move around some transports, likes to be everywhere, likes to do a little uh, board control type stuff. And I have to imagine that we'd see that represented in a list like that. And the sisters can do it. Can do it well. Probably the best in mm. the game right now at doing it. I would agree. Yeah, they're absolutely, absolutely up there. Their scoring potential is phenomenal. Every time I think of Frankie, though, I remember that YouTube video where he's like summoning a million demons, like right when Sixth came out. And he just like summoned yep. like 2,500 points yeah. of demons on the board. And he's like, this yeah. is Sixth Edition, guys. Have fun. I love that someone else was watching those like horrible, horrible videos as well as me. Because I was as well thinking oh, yeah, that this is awesome. Yeah. 40K content. I was just so thirsty for it. Literally filmed on a potato. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, literally. Webcam on a potato. They have changed. So, I mean, knowing, I, granted, we don't have a ton of information about this, but if you had to pick, are you are you betting on the player? You think the list is going to carry it? What do you think is going to take t- top three at this well, event? I know so it's a smaller other- player base. Mm. Well, so the other piece of information we don't have is that 13 of the lists listed for this event do not have a faction listed. So we don't have a whole lot of the information to go off for the for the meta of the thing as well. I'm more than happy if we don't have the lists released, as long as I have the meta of the event or vice versa. Um, so right now we have three Chaos lists, three Death Guard lists, three Drakari lists, two Death Watch, uh, Dark Angels. It's a really just an even spread, really. Uh, and it's really hard to discern or lock down anything. So we have to go off players. I'm going to, if James Carmona rocks up, I give him a tip for a top five. If not, I can't see anybody keeping Junior um, out of that top five, if not out of that podium. Yeah, especially with the Blood Angels. If, you know, if you've been playing the list, you're familiar with all the stratagems, when to use them, when to do this, you know, what the capabilities of the list are. Uh, mm. Cannot uh, discount that when you're talking about podium finishes. And it's a good meta for aggressive play. I'm just going to put it out there. It's a good meta for aggressive play. We saw a good meta for static play at the start of um, 9th edition, especially when Death Guard and Dark Angels came out. And then this massive push towards aggression, towards pressure. Um, and, to, and people really learned the sitting back and just scoring was not enough to win events. You could win games, but you can't win events by doing that. And so people have just started adding in all this pressure application, all these aggressive elements. And I think this is the reason why I like, I haven't seen Junior's list, but if I go off on a limb, I would love that he's playing a strong MSU-centric Dark Angel, um, Blood Angels list because they have a lot of potential for trading up. 
What do you guys think? Uh, if the so people you know he's talking about uh drukari and uh, lots of toughness three models out there in general uh blood angels basically match up extremely well in every phase against stuff like that so yeah i think i think you're you're dead on yeah with carmona not being there because he's signed up as aeronautical imperialis so i know he's, what a meme <laughs> he's definitely not going to be there um i <laughs> I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Frankie has one of those events. Frankie has an event or two every year where, like, the, the stars align for him, and he plays like people who just don't create problems. And then Frankie's able to play the game the way the game is supposed to be played, and uh, he's he's a great player. So I think mm-hmm. I think Frankie pulls it out with sisters. I don't think people are ready for sisters. I think it's gonna be new. I think he. I, I would love to see his list to be more confident, but I'll, I mm-hmm. I go with Frankie winning the whole thing. And yeah, Junior definitely will make top five for sure. Like I have no doubt about that. I just don't think he'll win. Fair. Fair. All right. Uh, next? next one, oh. I think we want to talk about. Yeah, the Boise Cup uh, in Boise, Idaho. Oh. Uh, Idaho, Boise. I mean, I want to make it's, sure for our international viewers. Absolutely right. It is. Um, Thirty-nine player GT. Now, you guys, I don't know the quite the history of Boise. I just know it's a name that I hear every year. Um, what's the history of this event? Long time event. It's I think a decade now, if not more. Um, it's classy, from what I've been told. Nice area, nice part of town. Everyth- mm-hmm. I've never heard anything bad about this tournament ever in the entire time I've played 40K. So I've always wanted to make it out. I've never been able to. I went to a couple events run by similar people back in the day um, in Seattle, but I never actually made it out to the Boise event. And Boise's an awesome town too, by the way. So I've never like, been there. I'd, these are some of these places I'd love to visit. Yeah, Boise is like mm-hmm. one of those towns where like when you go there, like why don't more people live here? It's kind of how I felt about Austin before what happened to Austin. Like when I used to go to Austin, like 2008, 2009 um, for WarGames Con, I would always That's think. That's an awesome like, city. Yeah. Why don't people live here? And then now, like in the last five years, it's the largest growing city in America. And I hope that doesn't happen to Boise. So let's not talk about it anymore. Let's keep it a good What are we going to see at this tournament? So, you know, what are the quick and dirty stats that we can, for percentages of weights of armies in this tournament? So we have, uh, yeah, it was, it was at 39 players in event, so it hits the GT. And I think we have, uh, so yeah, we've got just under 13% being Necrons, being the most prevalent of the factions with five lists. Then we've got Cult Mechanicus coming in at four. We're going to be talking about a couple of those as well. Actually, we're going to be talking about a Necron list as well that our good man Alan has pulled out. We've got Chaos Space Marines with two lists, Iron Warriors, Chaos Space Marines as well with two lists. That's at least four Chaos Space Marines. That's like triple usual stats. Um, two Custodes, two Space Wolves, two Death Guard. Then it's just singles following that. But man, five Necron lists is pretty hefty. But this is the first time we've seen... Um, and Sorry, this weekend is the first time we have seen Admech anywhere near the top of the percentages. Usually they are very small player pool, very dedicated, very strong player pool, but they're usually never, nowhere near the top. And this is, the second fac- this is the second event we've covered this week that's got them as the second faction. Well, I know we talk about hobby lag, uh, you know, a bit about, you know, Codex comes mm-hmm. out, people have to assemble their stuff. But a lot of the, that long time things in the Admech list are powerful and relevant. So if you've been a long time player, you have a large percentage of what you can actually put on the tabletop. Now, I'm not saying you don't, you shouldn't expand it or some of the new units are, are, are mm-hmm. fit in very well. They accomplish things, but you could take an old style ground pounder Admech list and still be doing exceptionally well out there. Absolutely. Um, so jumping into our, we've only got one top 50 player in attendance this one. This is Mr. Ryan Lynn playing Admech. I'll run through this one quickly. We'll have a bit of a discussion. And then I'm going to flick it over to uh, yeah, our man, Alan, to jump through uh, Mr. Ben Cromwell's list that he's pulled Necrons. out. Particular. Dude, it's getting a lot of hits in the chat. A couple of people have been saying, don't sleep on Ben, don't sleep on Ben, don't sleep on Ben. Oh, we're not. Uh, so it's, Hold it's tight. Be we weren't. 
We weren't. Alan pulled it out first. It was the first list we loaded up for anything to talk about this week. Uh, Mr. Ryan Lin, though, is our top 50 player in attendance. He's running uh, Lucius Forge World first up. Skatari Marshall, as you'd expect, he's pretty much can't live home without him. Then he's got a Tech Priest uh, Manipulus, a unit of 20 Skatari Rangers, a unit of 20 Skatari Rangers, five Infiltrators, five Infiltrators, a Bomber. Then he's got a Patrol. This one is also Lucius. This one has another Manipulus, 20 Vanguard, a unit of one, two, three, four, five Battlestari, all with Laz Cannons, a unit of 10 Sterilizers, and two more Bombers. So that's three Bombers, five Chickens, three blocks of 20 uh, Troop, one Vanguard, two Rangers. Um, the, you know, have to take... Uh, HQs, two units of infiltrators, probably to do um, some action monkeys, be some little uh, pinch hitters here or there. 100%. And yeah, it's and then the, the trip bombers, it's just a well-rounded list. Dunks a lot of mortal wounds, a lot more than you would expect. Has the heavy hitters with the Bellastari, only one unit, so you're not going to get a lot of um, redundancy out of it. But at the same time, people aren't going to get a huge amount of return for all the investment they might be putting into hunt them. Um, Alan, what do you think of this? I, I I think you nailed it. Thanks, by the way, for saying chickens, so I could actually hear that they had chickens because I. <laughs> I didn't hear it it the first time around. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Iron Strider. What is that? The one with the uh, (laughs) Les Les Cannon chickens. Got it. Okay. That's right. Um. Yeah. No. It. It. It really. This is the. This is the Admech list that I would test out if I was playing Admech and I was Mm. going to an event. I don't know if I played an event right away, but I would probably test this out at, at, at like my home shop. Figure out how it works. This would be what I would pencil in to the start. I mean, it's got redeployment shenanigans. Yeah. It's got moving around the board shenanigans. It look it doesn't look mobile. It is mobile, very mobile. Um, it's got I don't care what your rend is. Uh, my save is better than you think. I can shoot you really good from range. And you can make it better. You make that save better on, on one mm, round at least. That, yeah, that's, that's why it's always yeah. better than you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Uh, I mean, Paul, is this anything like what you're building? Similar or not? No, similar? I love it. So let me talk about the manipulus for a second. The tech brief manipulus has the galvanic field in your command phase. Select one friendly Forge World core unit within nine inches of this model until the start of your next phase. Command phase add six to the range of galvanic arc and radium weapon models in the unit are equipped with excluding Mm. grenade weapons and each time an attack is made with one of those weapons the armor penetration characteristic of that attack is improved by one and if you don't think that throws the math in your favor roll it roll it out you're going to be impressed yeah well turning those turning those galvanic rifles from is it uh strength five minus one heavy 30 to 36 strength five minus two and at times ignoring the penalty for moving and shooting at times getting you know a bunch of rerolls etc they just they just wreck they just absolutely wreck we thought intercessors guns when they came out in eighth edition were good they are shamed they are shamed by this shame stuff. in Where's your box God, where's the bell? bell get it out <laughs> yeah, shame bell for the intercessor yeah. weapons these it- guys are savages yeah. No, yeah. as Adam would say, th- this is spicy. Yeah. And the, the uh, Alan Einstriders, of course, they're going to be an incredibly popular unit because there's there's not much they do not melt. Uh, and you talk about moving fast. The army, like even the uh, the cataphrons, they, they had they mean they move eight inches, if I remember correctly. Like they can they can mm-hmm. be lots of places affecting the board, controlling the board while dishing out premium firepower. It is something you have to plan for. Yeah. It's- and the sterilizers are like until FAQ'd, ridiculous. Like no interaction. Like, Roach. Hey, Roach. by the way, nice to see you here. Bye. Yeah, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't even deploy them. I'll be like, I see those guys. They're gonna just stay on the side of the board. But every turn, I'm every turn I'm gonna go down one CPP and just roll all these flamer hints against uh, these guys this turn. Yeah. The, like, the yeah, flamer, they're, they're you really I mean, for their mobility. That's where they score you points. They're gonna score you points. Yeah. You're actually, I don't believe you're gonna get a ton of work done from the flamers themselves, uh, which is which is just fine because you don't necessarily need them for that. The rest of your army can do that. But you're gonna get points mm. for control. Uh, 
uh, weight of bodies on things and stuff, they're they're gonna they're a great unit. Um, so I had an interesting discussion with uh, an AdMech player who's like uh, just starting to come into his own at the, at the competitive level. He was talking about whether or not to take the sterilizers because he doesn't think they're going to be a thing for very long. I'm of the opinion the FAQ is going to come in and say, you know, can't, go, can't come up often on the same turn, like they have with guerrilla tactics and all these other things. Um, it's, it's bound to happen. And so he was saying, I probably shouldn't run it because of that yet. And I was like, did all the Jakai players not run the, you know, the right. extra super 50 attack, uh, 40 attack witch? No, run them. Don't, don't not, I mean, I mean, if you've got a conscious and you don't want to run them because you don't like the unit or what it does, cool. But if it's just simply because you don't think you're going to be able to use it later, no one else holds it back. Why should you? If you want to win, don't hold back. Use everything that's legal at the time of list submission. Yeah, unless it's a financial concern, like, hey, this might get for two yeah. months and I don't want to spend the time, money, and that's effort true. to build, paint, and make these models nice. If that's your, if that's your concern, then... Okay, that, yeah. that's a different story. But and it's I mean, big, it's I, I think they're great. negative Australia. one flamers. Yeah, negative one flamers mm. are awesome. Anything that auto hits that's negative one, I, it's just great. If you absolutely and your opponent, like the like the highest, the return on investment for this unit isn't their actual damage output. It's the fact that your opponent can never relax. They can mm, never yeah. be like, okay, you that's, can't come by me anymore, so I could just push up. I can I can commit. I can commit to a flank or I commit to a side. No. If they have any squishy units, they can't do that. They have yeah. to screen until they until forever. That's yeah. terrible. It's, it's like mental yeah. psychology. You're like playing the same song for the whole game. They're going nuts. Mm. That's the return on investment. I think I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I think uh, without question, AdMech are taking this event, uh, both because of the player pool size, uh, the players that are playing it, and the list that we've seen. Adam, I'll start with you. What do you think? Well, so we've got a couple more lists to cover, but yeah, I, I think I'd make it. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped to the conclusion. I jumped. Well, no, we're actually running out. We got to get to the Fuego Rapido pretty soon. So, you know, we got to we gotta keep moving. So uh, <laughs> cover, the, cover that next list Alan, quickly. Cromwell is, Cromwell is going to win Boise Cup. He's done it before. He is a kamikaze. He is a frontline gaming uh, teammate of Team Zero Comp. He's like one of the OGs um, of that group. And um, he he's running a Necron army that I like. It's it's it is the the way that you know if you want to play Necrons that are competitive but not boring, this is R the run list. down it the list. The, Let's run down the list because we I think we have the cult. list. So it's a destroyer cult army. He's got the uh, plasma scythe. He's got a a lord a locust lo locust lord uh, with the relic and the void reaper with a war sight. Void reaper upgrade to the war sight. He's got another lord who's the scorpitech lord, the one with all the legs, the big guy, and uh, he's got essentially a, a hyperphase sword he's got the harvester uh upgrade and he's got enduring will oh he's also taking a custom detachment by the way with uh, mm. six inch move before the game and plus one to charge um I pr i'm pretty sure um, if i'm reading those correctly um and then he has a unit of uh destroy two units of close combat destroyers with the reaper blades uh mm. and he has another two units of the fast attack destroyers yes. the models that look like they Finally. were uncomplete like they they finished the mold and they're like meh it's okay um <laughs> Those guys are awesome too, by the way. There's an amazing strat with them. I'll get to, I'll get to it in a second. He's got two units of those, by the way. And then he's got two units of the destroyers with Gauss cannons, five guys with Gauss cannons, two units, so 10 of them. Um, and then he's got three units of heavy destroyers, uh, three of them with Gauss destructors, and then three with the uh, an anemic ex exterminator guns. And I'm pretty sure the exterminator guns are the one-shot guns. I'm pretty sure string seven, negative one rend. Maybe not one shot, but string seven, negative one rend. I know that. And then the uh, Goss ones are the ones with higher rend and the, their D3 damage. And they, 
the, the amount of damage this army just puts out in close combat and in shooting is insanity. insanity. So which gun, did, which gun did he have, sorry? So he had the, the uh, anemic uh, exterminator. Yep, so that is the 3d3 heavy, uh, sorry, strength 7 minus 1, 1 damage blast. Yeah. So 3d3, that's kind of six shots of dude. Yep, so of you, do you know why they're there? Uh, raiders. They pop raiders they like pop an raiders. absolute savage. Yeah, he's got three more at him with the Goss, the Goss mm. destructors, and then 10 uh, Goss cannons. Yeah, so the Goss destructor ones are the heavy ones, strength 10 minus 4, 3d3 damage. Also really potent. Different stuff. This is the chicken hunter version so we got the chicken hunter version and we got the raider hunter version he's taking uh buckets of both and then he's got the two units of regular destroyers and they just kill everything yeah i hope it works well, out that's the kind of thing i want to see because it's planned for it's it's strategic it it knows what it's doing and it has the tools i want i would like to see this do well i'm gonna stick by my pick though no no it's ben for sure Where's my boot? Okay. Throw the boot. Throw the boot at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, it's not, it's not going to be Ben because I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. But I just, I just want to say, I called out, I think about two months ago that Necron players needed to start looking at Ophidian destroyers. Alan, do you know about these guys? Do you want to give us a breakdown of what they do? They're just amazing. They're really good in close combat. Very good weaponry. They're very high damage. I know that they can autom I'm pretty sure they can automatically go in reserves. And I'm pretty sure there's a yep. stratagem that just lets you pick them up and put yes. them in the sky if you want to. Yes. And then they can come back in and charge. And I'm pretty sure his uh, um, his custom uh, dynasty allows them plus one to charge. So when they're coming back in, they're charging on eights, which yep. is great. And these guys are your repenture equivalents, essentially. They are your repenture equivalent for um, ne for Necrons. They absolutely explode. They're, what, toughness four, three wounds, uh, four plus armor save or something. Maybe they're toughness five, but they just explode. But it doesn't matter. As long as you can deliver them, they kill literally everything. But that doesn't matter because it's at time for Adam's shoe-in of the week. Uh, for those of you who can't see, I'm holding my old uh, bricklaying <laughs> boots. Um, it's time to talk about my boy, my man, Mitch Pelham. He is back, baby. For those of you who don't know who Mitch is, maybe because you are, you know, just joined the game recently this is the guy who invented the castellan list that ruined everyone's lives for about four months um this is also the guy who almost won lvo with like 15 hellhounds so this is a man of extremes i'm just gonna put that caveat out there um he's running admech he's got a patrol of mars first up with a manipulus a uh, unit of 20 rangers a unit of a unit of 10 infiltrators a unit of 10 infiltrators and one single chicken one single last cannon oh, chicken. Putting that out again. Very bold. Then he has a Lucius Battalion. He has the uh, obligatory uh, Marshal, which comes with every single uh, competitive admech list. One Manipulus, two Manipuluses. That is a total of three there, guys. Uh, another unit of uh, 20 Rangers, five Rangers, 20 Vanguard, five Vanguard, five Vanguard, nine Infiltrators, uh, eight Rustalkers, eight Rustalkers, eight Rustalkers. So it's nine Rustalkers, nine Rustalkers, nine Rustalkers. So that's 27 Rustalkers. 20 infiltrators and around about a hundred ish infantry. Like I love all those infantry. boots on the ground. That is Talking I mean, that's gonna be hard, hard to shift. <laughs> that's gonna be extremely difficult to shift. All right. So does that I mean, would you have a pick? You pick in the player, you pick in the list, uh, Adam. What what you okay, got? Then we're moving on to the Fuego Rapido. This is this is Mitch's wheelhouse, playing hordes, playing high density, attrition, weigh you down, drown you in this XYZ profile. He does this phenomenally. This is his first big emergence back onto the scene. He had a, a pretty traumatic head injury a couple of years ago that kept him waylaid for things. So it's I, I'm he's a very close friend of mine. I am so damn happy to see him out competing again and playing a list that he, I know he loves, I know he's passionate about, I know he's good on. So yeah, my pick is Mitch Pelham. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Congrats for coming back, Mitch. I hope yeah, you don't play against any uh, Emperor's Children noise marines, but I'm glad you're back. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't the escape it. I was trying to get us to the end without hearing it, but there we went. Uh, Are we ready for the rundown? I think we're ready for the few guys. Let's do it. All right. So this is a segment where we run down a series of topics in a very short amount of time. I think we're going to, over the weeks, we're going to shorten it as, as we go to see, if we, see to, to test ourselves. Uh, let's start out. If we're ready to start the clock, uh, let's talk about uh, the first topic. Is it important to make uh, your significant others involved in the hobby or to encourage them to be a part of this hobby? Who's first, Paul? Alan, go for it. <laughs> we we're all quiet. Like, I know. Is she listening uh, right now? I am a big no on this one. I I my policy with uh, my significant other, who is now my wife, um, and I I never introduced this to any girlfriends ever. Um, but once I got married, there was no way to hide it because we live in the same house. Some days, unfortunately, some days good. Um, and uh, I, my my opinion is, I like for her to make friends with other players, significant others. So if I do go to an event like LVO or maybe like Atlantic City or maybe like these Orlando and Austin events, I would love to bring her because those are really cool cities. And I'd like for her to go out and have fun with other people like Brad Chester's wife and my wife are, are really good friends and Kurt Claus's wife as well as my wife are good friends. So I like that part, but I try my best to not engage her in the game whatsoever other than that. It's kind of my thing and I let her do her thing. Adam, what you think? Uh, so it's actually quite, it was actually quite hard for me to dodge not telling people, especially when I was dating to not tell people because all my weekends are soaked up streaming events internationally, attending events locally, uh, recording two, three, four podcasts a week. So I literally just told everybody, he's like, yeah, this is me. This is what I am. Accept it. Don't accept it. Couldn't care. If you don't accept it, you're not worth my time, so to speak. But now I've got a steady partner. I give her the option. If she wants to be involved, she can be involved. If she wants to have anything to do with it, she can have anything to do with it. But the thing is, her terms. She wants to be involved on her terms. I'll, you know, quite regularly, we'll chuck on a movie. I'll sit there with my paintbrush. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Love. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. And, you know, we coexist in that way quite naturally. So, yeah, not a big deal. I think just give them a choice. Lay it out on the table. Let them decide for themselves. But what about you, Paul? You've been doing this forever. Yeah, oh, I've only got 10 seconds left, so oh, I don't no. know if I can cover my full opinion. I think it's about communication, and, and uh, people got to understand what's important to them, and that's, and that's it, as long as you just make it known that the, this is something that's important to you and, and be uh, courteous and extend the same thing. Oh, we're out of time. We're out of time. Yep. It's over. All right. We're big dice versus small dice. We're talking about the, what is it, the 33 mil, mils or the 16 mils or something. What's better? Uh, I think we started with Alan last time adam what's your opinion big dice hands down every time no competition don't even argue me on this see is that a big die or is that just a 32 that's like big, what's big that's a big die that's a big die that's a die okay that's a, that's a right. good size that's a proper size die right new there. segment what's what's a big die alan <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I made the I made the unfortunate mistake of playing these very very small dice at uh, ATC one year, and we played six rounds of Razorwing Flock, and I was I was just devastated and tired and loopy, and I didn't eat lunch, and I was I was messing up my dice to be honest, and that's what I heard from people, and I will never go back to using small dice ever again. Um, so I'm a, I'm a ball about big dice. I try to use the biggest dice I can have, and my favorite dice are the all the sets I got at LVO Finals. So I happen to have three of those sets. So I have 36 casino dice that uh, that the Frontline gave me, actually. So I tried to use those red, blue, big, huge casino dice. 
uh, as far as dice, I used to uh, carry around those, you know, those bricks of 36 or whatever, and I had to make sure they were all back uh, yeah. in the brick yeah. at the end of every game. It was like, sure. you know, I, come on, we got to, I can't, I can't move to the next table. I make sure all my <laughs> dice are in this, in this brick. But now, no, actually, I, I actually prefer the larger dice too. I, I think that it's easier. Dice are a way for us to communicate with our opponents. Uh, and, yeah. and so making it as easy as possible to communicate whatever the state of things are or what the results of things are with your opponent. Uh, I think that, that that's critical. So uh, next, I, I prefer big dice. Next week, we're talking about now, we're going to do G-Dub dice or non-G-Dub dice. Well, so that's, yeah. so the, we're, yeah, pictures on the one of the six are gimmick dice or whatever. Yeah, gimmick uh, dice, non-gimmick dice, or a, a, any of their dice. So yeah. I would consider the die that you showed just a die. It's not the big die. Uh, oh, we're up. So we're out of time. Okay, four games in one day. Is that an Iron Man? Can you do? What is the maximum number of games in a day that you think should be uh, the format for tournaments that that span over multiple days like this, or want to cram in more games in the day? I've already eaten ten seconds of the, of the talk. Uh, Alan, what's your, what's your thoughts? I'm a big fan of four games in a day for large events. I think uh, I think more events should consider it. I think a lot of people are starting to come to events earlier. A lot of events are starting on Fridays now. Um, what I would love to see is, um, is, is just more people playing 40K. I do not like what I'm starting to see where on Sunday only the top eight play. I'd much rather have like a four-round tournament on Friday and then everyone gets qualified into a bracket based on that four-round tournament. And then I'd love to see a Saturday-Sunday event of six additional rounds. I know that's 10 rounds of 40K in a weekend. If wow. that's too okay. much... If that's too much, you could do 16-player brackets, and you could do two games Saturday, two games Sunday, and you can go and enjoy your time. And you just have to do that brutal Friday. But if you do two games Saturday and Sunday, you have plenty of additional time. The only thing I need to add real quick is we need differential in 40K in order for this to truly work. Yeah, absolutely need differential. So uh, we'll chuck that in as, an, as another topic as well, because we might need to explain to people what differential is. Well, what so is quickly, differential? That's the topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chuck it in. Uh, but my thoughts on this one, um, I 100% think uh, four, uh, four games in a day should be a goal from now on, at least a minimum for day one. I don't like the idea oh, of, of, uh, of four and four. I don't like the idea of four and four of like having eight gamer unless no. you know once yeah. once a year maybe um, for a special event. But I I did the shadow round, uh, so I called the shadow round with with our good man Paul here last year for LVO, and the people had to play four rounds. They weren't expecting it. People didn't know that was coming, and it was taxing because of that. People didn't know that they were going to play it or not. If you just knew you were playing four rounds, you'd be so much more prepared. You'd be so much more happy about it, and you wouldn't kick up a fuss. Now and then four rounds. I did. I honestly think we can go down from the three hour time limit on event. Uh, on that's it. We're out of time. We're gonna save this for another time i have not had a single game go through all three hours in ninth edition yet <laughs> oh msg versus Correct. horde so what do you think the style is going to be going forward as we move into events right now i think it's where t people want to walk around and live in those those 20 man squads uh you know what do, what do you think the future is Alan. I, think a, I think it's a beautiful mixture of both right now, which is awesome. I think uh, there's still MSU components in Dark Eldar. It looks like there might be minimal components of MSU in, um, in, in AdMech. Even though they have these big bricks of 20, I would still classify some of these AdMech lists as MSU because they have so many other units still. I think Sisters are very similar. There's still an MSU army. And, MMU, uh, and multiple medium units. I kind of, yeah, right? And then mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping orcs come and join the scene and they add some vehicles. We're seeing chaos players take vehicles like decimators. I'm hoping some dreadclaws and some 
claw pods get involved in, in the meta soon. That'd be really cool to see. But I think it's a really happy mixture of both. I think it comes down also with secondaries. What can you what can you achieve? What is your list capable of actually doing? Uh, what kind of staying power the, these units have, or do you even care about the staying power? Uh, Adam, what do you think? So I actually think we're leaning more into a horde meta uh, at the moment. I think we're leading and we're, we're starting the tip of the iceberg into a horde meta right now. We're at the tipping point, like Alan said, between the two. We don't quite know which where we're going to settle on to, but I can see us only getting stronger into the horde meta from here. Marines are out of the way. Um, technically, the only super elite armies we have not had a codex for yet is probably like Custodes and maybe Chaos. Yeah, cu Custodes and maybe yeah, maybe Chaos. Apart from that, we got all the hordes up up and coming, guys. Guard, Nids, Orcs, um, yeah, you know, GSC. All these horde esque armies are still yet to come, which makes me think I think we are tipping over into the horde meta from here, especially with the addition of things like the Terminus S Strike Force and all these twenty man blocks being made available, and not only available, strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically carriers for uh for uh or uh, receptacles of great stratagems i think so you, you get a lot more value out of that stuff the value I keeps i don't coming. think thousand suns or great great knights will change anything i think those will be ms those will be elite gotta hmm. go to the next topic logos on the six or the ones we got another die topic coming into the this one let's this, just this all is... three sixes and then let's explain differential how's that sound yeah sixes sixes, 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 sixes. Uh, always on this you want to be happy about seeing what you seeing your what, symbol this whatever yeah. symbol it is and i think that you're happier i'm happier when i'm rolling sixes and tips out there for players who have dice that have some g-dub dice that have ones on the ones and ones on the sixes if they have their own dice separate them don't play them in the same game you'll just cause but yourself just issues don't play them at all take all your dice with one <laughs> and throw them as, in long, the as long as it's uh, consistent Again, we're talking about that communication with your opponent you know that's that's it really is so yeah, a minute 20 let's we're hijacking it production forgive us please you're doing a great job back there you even changed on the fly one of the topics but let's talk about for the next one minute and 15 seconds differential alan go yeah it's it's really easy right now in warhammer 40k there is no incentive to stop your opponent from getting points i i talk to a lot of really good players in the game and right now there is a stigma of stopping your opponent from getting points. So there are a lot of games that are like, you know, 74, 50, 84, 52. If you do a four round event to bracket people, you need to make sure there's a differential to us to ensure all of the scores are super legit. Cause right now, if I go out of my way to make sure you get a 10, I just look like a total asshole because if I'm going to get a hundred and I stop you and I make sure you don't get 40 or you don't get 50 mm. just because, you know, I want to just stop you right now. There's no incentive, but if there was a differential, then you getting less points would matter for me. And if I want to qualify for the top four spots or I want to qualify for the top bracket, I need to make sure you get the lowest number of points you can get. And I get the highest. And that is yes. the only way you can truly do that type of event. So this is an aspect that I did like about last edition and the differentiation between ITC and WTC, because I used to play that a lot in Australia. We'd play both modes all the time. WTC, you had every incentive in the world to be cutthroat and deny every single point available. ITC, if they weren't costing you points, let them have them. Okay. So I yeah. think... Yeah, who cares? That's it. Um, and that's where we're at right now. That's the end of the rundown segment. That was uh, that was cool. Thanks for even adjusting on the fly. We're fastly clicking, fastly talking. And that's also the end of our show. This has been a fast one. It feel, I mean, it feels like it went quick. Hope you all enjoyed it in the chat. I hope you enjoyed listening after the fact. And if you, if you are listening after the fact, know that we do this live every Thursday in this format. We're going to be talking about the biggest events, some of the brightest stars, some of the um, most well-performing lists. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it with you gentlemen yeah send in uh, rapido uh options as well if you guys got any questions you want to see his answer in a very tall small time we're frame, obviously at the bottom of the barrel 
with ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, on top of that, tune into the FLGN for all your amazing, great content. We have fantastic shows on most days of the week from uh, the indomitable uh, signals that has gone through a facelift with some young guns, so to speak, as Reese would say. Uh, and also tune into Chapter Tactics by these dice check guys, Magic Carp Use Fly and his uh, wonderful gentleman. And on top of that, our show, yes, okay, whatever, we have Steve Joel, the amazing Steve Joel of, from New Zealand, New Zealand coming back with Game Changer, which should be coming back next week, I believe. Yes, that's, that's it. That's actually tune in and uh, subscribe, hit the bells, uh, do all the things, the clickies in the comments. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the end of our show. Gentlemen, thank you all for joining me this week. And thanks to everyone that tuned in live or listening after the fact. It means a lot to us. You know, leave us some reviews, five, star, five stars, wherever you can. Uh, it means a lot. And that's how the people find us. Good night, everybody. Good night, boys.